So, hello and welcome, uh, Gergo Stick, uh, tonight, today on the podcast. Um, Gergo is uh, one of my most intimate friends in the, in the, at the current moment. Um, I got to know him during my studies um, a bit more than three years ago now. And basically, very quickly, we became very good friends. And we, well, we shared, I think, a passion for self-development, exploring the world, um, getting to know people, inspiring others, and moving. And over these things, we connected um, yeah, very quickly. And we um, became friends and um, also working partners. So after a couple of months in the studies, we started a, um, a peer support group to kind of create a space in which we could explore ourselves, get to know each other, help each other to live life more authentically, get to know ourselves. Um, and yeah, after about one and a half or two years, we noticed it was so valuable for us that um, we wanted to find out what is it actually that we're doing that makes it so valuable for us. And so we started to um, yeah, put the concept into words, formalizing that and um, creating workshops and facilitated support groups for others because we really wanted to share it. Um, and yeah, now one and a half year, year later, um, we are, well, working more, more seriously on that. Um, we invest more time and, but it's been great to work together with Gergo, um, to have him in my life and, um, yeah, a little bit more about Gergo is he started to set up his own online counseling service. Was it about a year ago also? Um, when was it? I think I started one year ago and then more seriously half a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that has been one thing that is, that Gergo has been working on. And he also inspired me to start my own counseling service. And since a couple of months, we are having a kind of an exchange project where every other other week we switch who missed the uh, client and who is the counselor. Um, so probably we'll also talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Besides, I think some interesting aspects from Gergo's life is that he, uh, he is originally from Budapest, Hungary, where he studied um, business economics. And after working in um, yeah, the business sector, sector for some, some time, he noticed that something was missing, uh, that he wanted something else. And he made quite a drastic switch. Uh, he moved to Amsterdam and started to study psychology and changed from, well, being focused on trying to earn money, um, get the, how do you say that, mainstream markers of success to, well, becoming a little bit more like a loving hippie in, in some ways, um, still with a business orientation, uh, which I think also makes, makes you unique business side sorry also staying true to my business side yes yes yeah for, for sure but with, with a bit more of a hippie attitude maybe yeah 
Um, so, so yeah, like he, he made that, that switch and um, he got interested in psychology and therapy in creating spaces for people where they could explore themselves. Um, I think you got to know in that time, you got to know different parts of yourself. You developed your ability to express yourself emotionally. Um, and yeah, then at some point you started to ask yourself the question how to develop the uh, kind of life that I want to live, the career, an, an authentic career. And um, well, you spent quite a lot of time investigating that. And I think one of the things that came out of that is the uh, online counseling service. Um, and you also got into the digital nomads. Uh, so because you want to be able to travel and work from wherever you go, um, you kind of have that sense of independence and ability to explore the world. Yeah, true, true. So welcome, Gergen. A long introduction. Uh, I'm still getting very, used to this. But I'm uh, flattered. I heard so many kind words of me. <laughs> it was really heartwarming. Thank you. It's mm. nice <clears> to hear. I'm very grateful to have you in my life, to have you as, a, as an intimate friend. And um, it's great to work together with you as well. Um, our collaboration mm -hmm. on the different projects are... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they inspire me also to really create something together you know make an impact i think both our uh, work and fun aspects of our lives are pretty relevant and uh, i also know that we learned a lot from each other on both of these domains which i really enjoyed and for that i'm also very grateful mm -hmm. uh, the first that come up is the hitchhiking adventures that we that we went on <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that, that i think would have been very hard for you to imagine, um, let's say one or two years before the study, so when you were still working in the business? At least not uh, to, the, to this extent, yeah. Because uh, it was quite adventurous. And I think that's also a really interesting introduction to our friendship, uh, to, to have a look at our dynamics and to see that when first we met in the first year of our, our studies, I was very, very orderly person very conscientious, very, I had everything under my control and very stable. And you were more like this chaotic, always moving around, always spinning, always talking about random abstract uh, things. And on that level, we connected quite well. And I learned a lot from you um, on how to be more spontaneous, how to introduce a healthy amount of chaos in your life how to do some, how to make some weird decisions and get into some adventures. And I think you learned a lot of structure and uh, commitment and stability from me. And, and I think not also thinking about the future, like, okay, you know, what, what do I want to do with my life? What kind mm -hmm. of career would I like? What kind of businesses could I imagine building? And mm -hmm. uh, I think you helped me a bit getting out of this, just dreaming and thinking about all kinds of things but not putting it as much into practice. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think you inspired me and helped me to um, yeah, materialize these, these dreams and these, these thoughts. Yeah, also probably to think more about the future and on my side to think more about the present and see what I'm doing right now and, and appreciate it. 
live more in the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sensitive about using these kind of cliches, so I try to reduce them, but once in a while it's really necessary to, to use these expressions, I believe. Yeah, they're also cliches for a reason, right? Yeah. Like, because they do apply to many different situations. It's, I guess sometimes yeah. they're just overused. Um, or used in the wrong context, like when you don't really understand the meaning of these kind of expressions, then you can just put it on, on everything. Yeah. Like for example, one of these words is toxic relationship, I think. That, yeah, everybody has signed, kind of has an, has an idea of what it means. But sometimes if uh, something goes wrong, then you can just easily say, oh, yeah, that's a toxic relationship, you know? It's not like necessarily... Simplifying it to... Yeah, and I think one part is... I mean, it's also useful for some people, you know, if you can simplify your word like that. Okay, that I'm, I'm not a mistake, I'm not a failure. It's the relationship is what is toxic. So it can also protect you, but it can also hide layers of reality from you mm -hmm. and it just oversimplifies your your yeah. whole and, and uh, thinking about these uh, things which is not necessarily useful but always useful sometimes it is though a big part i think in this example is that it it might serve you on the short term but on the long term like if you don't if you're not in touch with reality sooner or later it will catch up with you mm. um so Oh, like oh yeah it's always the re like it's the relationship and then the next relationship oh yeah it's a toxic relationship and then the next relationship oh it's a toxic relationship oh, and like at some point it might be hmm, finding me <laughs> what is the constant factor in all these different relationships and yes. then like okay it's, it, it's you so maybe you should investigate what you contribute to that yeah, yeah. and how you can share it yeah, actively also one thing i was thinking of is that um with the oh yeah just live in the moment i think it's often used to like, oh yeah, just don't think of the future. And mm -hmm. if you do something that's actually harmful for you, for, for your medium and long-term future, and it's like, yeah, yeah ah, don't be such a drag, just live in the moment. Um, yeah, kind like, of finding an excuse for, for doing things that are, that you know that are bad for you. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and then even, even down-talking others that are maybe, well, <laughs> like that, that maybe don't want to, um, I know, drink a lot of alcohol on one evening. It's like, yeah, you know, you only live once. <laughs> um, just be in the moment. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's important to have at least some thought about the, the future as well, I think. Yeah. Especially because you have only one life, you can fuck it up real bad if you're not careful. <laughs> okay, well, like, um, how to not fuck up your life? <laughs> What, what, what are some important factors? <laughs> well, I have no idea. <laughs> I just keep doing it. <laughs> mm. Well, one is that was it a question for me to answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a question. I thought maybe it's a, it's a nice bridge towards some of the topics that we want to yeah. talk about. Indeed, <clears throat> I think in the past years, uh, developing my self awareness was really a, a key factor in uh, trying to make be the best decisions and trying to, to learn from uh, situations that I entered. And uh, on self-awareness, I mean, paying attention to 
the thoughts that I have, paying attention to the emotions that I have, and paying attention to what what do I find myself doing. Because there are some cases when you don't really intend to do some kind of things, but you still find yourself doing some things and investigating those. So investigating unconscious behaviors and unconscious uh, thoughts and emotions are mm. are something that I found really valuable for making better decisions and making a life that it is more in line with what I need. Mm -hmm. And what do you mean exactly when you say sometimes you find yourself doing things? Do you mean then that it's like something that you you didn't kind of remember consciously making the decision that got you there? And then it's like, how did I get there? Or, or do, you, yeah, do I understand you correctly there? One aspect is that, that you don't remember the decision and also that maybe there was no decision or you don't know why, why you were doing certain kind of things. It, uh, hmm. I'm trying to see if I can find a better definition or a better description. Perhaps you could give an example from in your own life, like how how do you go about um, investigating and becoming aware of um, what led you there, mm -hmm. or yeah, what you did to to get there. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, I can. I think it's also a nice introduction to my career switch or I would rather call it career shift because I still work in business and I still enjoy it. I see, I still see the value, but uh, not to the extent that I was uh, working uh, with it a couple of years ago. Mm. And there I, well, it was after I finished my degree in economics, I started working in business consultancy. I really enjoyed that. I had super interesting clients. I had very, uh, I, have I had a nice position, good responsibilities, a lot of uh, opportunities to learn. And I advanced and advanced and advanced. And I did that for three years. And then uh, suddenly I realized that, wow, I'm actually now three years into this career, living a life that I thought I would enjoy. But then I recognized myself not really enjoying all the aspects of, of what I'm doing. I'm not. I'm not waking up with the excitement and happiness every morning. I'm not uh, feeling that I'm doing something meaningful with my life. But I notice myself that I'm still doing it, that I still exhibit this behavior of uh, going to work and, uh, and even advancing in that career that might not have such a straightforward future for me in that specific area right there and then i needed to start thinking about okay what exactly am i missing what exactly do i feel what kind of thoughts do i have regarding uh, this situation and i had to identify the things that i was missing from that life and and that and see where i can get those in order to be more fulfilled and also just in order to do something that is more in alignment with me, with with how I am usually. So I don't have to twist myself in several ways in order to fit a, 
category of of job or or fit people's expectations in a, in a way that is more than necessary and finding balance in that is uh, was a really interesting journey and it still is how, how do you think you you ended up there because what, what i hear you say is that um like in the beginning you felt mm -hmm. quite a lot of excitement in mm -hmm. this this new career in this job a lot of learning opportunities a lot of interesting people mm -hmm. um but that that's some point along the way probably gradually something changed and mm -hmm. like you at some point you notice like hmm i'm missing something i don't have the same sense anymore as i had in the beginning mm -hmm. it was uh, you know is this interesting thing that you cannot really know what you want or what you what you enjoy or what you don't enjoy unless you start doing it mm. and uh, this career option seemed like a good idea you know business consultancy there is money in it and then there is sort of prestigious title and there is also a bunch of things that that, that the work included that i really intrinsically enjoyed i really like working with people i really like providing uh, long-term good quality support to people in this case to entrepreneurs i i think i'm especially good in in ongoing support um i'm i'm seriously interested and invested in people who would like to have help from me and all those aspects were present in the in this job and and i realized that oh look I started something and these are the things that I enjoy here. These are the things I really want to keep. But then there were some other aspects, uh, lack of uh, freedom and lack of, lack of yeah. Mm. I mean, I could make in my individual decisions, but only within a certain framework. So I didn't have such an influence in on my life that I desired. And I, I realized that I really need some movement i really need to at least be able to travel for example or to 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 make certain decisions that a normal nine to five job just doesn't allow me to have and uh it's it really sounds like a first world problem from sometimes like yeah you had a, a good job so why you were so dissatisfied with it but on the other hand i had such a strong intrinsic feeling that no i I need something else and I need to change things because this mm -hmm. is not, this is not going well. I'm, I'm not feeling good because of these things. And now I think I'm, I'm really proud to say that I could keep those aspects of this job that I intrinsically really enjoyed. And I think I still, I'm still doing a very good job there, but I could introduce other aspects and other, um, mm, ways or, or approaches in my life or other i don't know jobs people interests hobbies uh things that i'm doing that are satisfying those needs that were not satisfied by this career perspective in the first place does it make sense i think it makes a lot of sense and i, I really love the point that you were saying that you kind of you you, you have to do something to find out whether it fits you mm. and that it's not that either it 
completely fits you or it completely doesn't fit you, but then mm. you can discover parts that, oh yeah, these aspects I like, these I don't like. And mm. then with that new information through experience, you can take aim again and see, okay, with this new knowledge, mm-hmm. and, and not just theoretical knowledge, like you have really been there, you've worked this, this job for three years. Um, with this knowledge, where do I want to go next? And maybe what, what do I want to explore next? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else you can add to your life? What, what you can change in your life in order to be more fulfilled and uh, authentic in your everyday mm-hmm. presence? Yeah. Was there a point in which, um, so, so then you decided to change, you decided to, well, at some point you decided to move to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. What was the point in which you were feeling, and was there such a point, like, oh yeah, now I'm living more authentically, oh, yeah, this is what I, what I wanted. True. When I actually started having these feelings, yeah, and, and, and yeah, was there a point or was it also more a gradual change or are, are, are you now feeling like, oh yeah, now I'm living authentically? I'm living more authentically for sure, but there is still a lot of room, room for improvement. Mm-hmm. But I guess also that's just the general nature of, of uh, being that you will always find some things that you are not extremely satisfied with. But now I, I think I'm quite content with what, I'm, with what I have. And I think that I'm on the right path towards even more authenticity and even more um, satisfaction. I don't think that there really was... Okay, one specific point was uh, when I started uh, making money online. So I started to have jobs that I could do remotely. And that was a huge relief for me, because, of course, also because they are, these were intellectual jobs. And um, it, it gives me a lot of uh, freedom and, and satisfaction to, to do these, uh, complete these tasks. But when I, when I did the change in the first place, when I left my old career and moved to Amsterdam, I absolutely didn't feel that this is a, this is a very authentic choice. I was very, very scared. I didn't have any kind of social support there. I, I didn't have money. I was doing these pretty tough jobs, like at, at times washing dishes or being a server or, or, or doing these, these really sort of like low level jobs. Mm-hmm. That was especially surprising after having a super nice position, like being a manager at a company. And then suddenly I, I find myself at the bottom of this hierarchy again struggling even just to to be able to afford my living i i wouldn't say that i was very authentically satisfied at that point <laughs> yeah i remember you were extremely like stressed and almost over like kind of overworked in the time because you were yeah. how many hours were you working next to the studies sometimes 40 50 hours and sometimes i did like 35 hours in three days or something like that i said <laughs> It's even hard to hard to conceptualize that. I, I sleeping know. like an average of four hours a night. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. 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 Sometimes maybe working night shift until two or three, and then I got home at four, five. I could 
sleep and then in the morning I, I had to go to work again at 11 or, or even earlier than that. Uh, ooh, a lot of cycling at night or very early in the morning. Ooh, that was tough. I didn't mm-hmm. feel good. <laughs> but then slowly I, I, I started advancing in all those areas. Like I, I identified what I want to change again. I want to have more flexibility. I want to have better paid jobs. And then I, all these things, once you put these kind of goals in mind, you will, you will start finding ways to, to achieve that. And mm-hmm. after two years, I was uh, kind of satisfied with, with my life there. So I thought, so I could admit that, okay, now I'm on the, I know that I'm on the right path. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So that took, that, that, that took quite a, quite a long while and also a lot of suffering and trying mm. to sort yourself out, trying to sustain yourself financially and mm. um, while still also taking care of your health, your sleep, um, mm. yeah, your social life and everything. It was what I like. I, I like discussing this because I have the idea that sometimes living authentically is kind of, it's a little bit like a glorified idea of like, oh yeah, just start living authentically, do, do what your heart tells you. Um, mm. And this is a bit the other side of that, that trying to do something new comes with a lot of suffering, a lot of trying to figure out this new, well, like, like literally a new country, new environment, um, new working conditions and study, study conditions. And well, new circles, which is really, really mm. important. You didn't have any friends in the first place. Yeah, so, 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 you, so you still need to develop the skills and the knowledge and, the ex- and, and gain the experiences that is necessary to master this new environment. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. like Peterson says, it like describes in the biblical s- series of um, like you, if you start something new, you first have to wander stupidly through the desert for seven years. Um, this, this image came a bit up. Like, I mean, you, you were you were doing a lot of things that were challenging and you didn't know how to manage it in, be, in the beginning. Mm. Yet over time you learned and you assessed and um, constantly adapted as well. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Oh, I don't, I don't even know how to react to that because all these memories just came back of, of what I've been through and it's really sometimes it's quite overwhelming to think about them mm-hmm. <clears throat> in what way is it overwhelming is it um like it kind of all comes flooding back and like realizing that i think i sometimes have this tell me if you can relate to that but that i'm thinking of old versions of myself of of, of periods of my life and it's like wow this was also me yeah. and this is part of who i am now but mm-hmm. i almost never remember it so when mm-hmm. it comes, and especially talking about it in detail, it's like, whoa, how could I live like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and just also finding a lot of appreciation and gratitude for that uh, past self that suffered so much and could achieve mm. it at the end. Like I remember all these nighttime bikings in this icy, cold rain and being completely wet just to get mm. to my job where I had to stand on my legs for 10 hours and serve people and stuff like that and then going back and then doing university at the same time 
in, in the meanwhile of yeah and so, so you feel quite grateful for the sacrifices you past Gergu made for where you are now yeah grateful and also admiring that that he had that kind of power I think in this in this in this period, I mean, like, I, I think I've also told you at the time, like, how are you doing it? You know, I, I felt quite amazed about how you mm -hmm. were juggling all these things, and then, well, also still had so much social energy. Often, it was like, oh, I just slept four hours, but yeah, like I'm going on to the next meeting and the next meeting. Oh, and I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, so like, yeah, really a lot of energy. And um, what I wanted to say is that I think you built, you showed yourself what you can do. And I think that's such a valuable, um, valuable lesson that like, yeah, you built your character there and you know that you can handle yourself in difficult situations. Um, it's not that like you, you would want to maybe go back there, but more you have gained the knowledge that if you were to come in such a situation, you have mm -hmm. what it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, think I have, I think all the people have that kind of uh, power if they dedicate themselves to it, if they find the goal that is precious enough. But I also don't want to think or talk very highly of that. So there is there is one part part of this motivation and energy that is come that's coming from oh I imagine a life for myself that I want to live and I work towards that, but also a huge amount of dissatisfaction and suffering from the present moment like okay the the current situation is just so bad mm -hmm. it's just that i cannot take it any longer either either I, I stay here and i die or whatever i give up myself give up my life or i start going against the suffering and, and start putting extreme amount of energies to to change the circumstances and change my life so there is a very dark, very dark side of uh, of this motivation as well mm. which is huge amount of uh, suffering yeah. i can imagine it's especially hard because what you're saying is uh, you're already at such a low point already exerting so much of your energy in work study social life everything and like feeling really done and exhausted and then what you need to do to get out of that is add another layer over it of like assessing, yo, uh, where am I right now? How did I get here? How do I get out of that? And like start targeting all the suffering and finding yeah. ways of moving forward. Yeah. And like, for instance, while finding a job that maybe pays better and that's more, how would you say, sustainable next to your studies. Mm -hmm. Like while you're doing that, you still need to, do all the things that you did before, right? Mm -hmm. What could you maybe talk a bit about? And I found it interesting that you said, like, yeah, this this vision kind of got you through it as well. It mm -hmm. gave you the motivation to to do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe describe a little bit? Maybe one, what what your vision vision was in that time, what your purpose was, and to um, or no, let, let's maybe start with that what my purpose was in those times yeah kind of what were the 
what were the, the, the aspects that got you through it? Hmm. I think one uh, really important aspect was that I had a very large desire of uh, being valuable and being a professional in, in, in an area, in any kind of area. And that area happened to be psychology because I'm super interested in it, interested in it. And uh, I already read a lot about it. And I also think I'm naturally uh, a good supporter also in my, in my everyday life. So, I, but the, my point, what, what I was trying to make is that I wanted to have one area in which I can become an expert and I can become valuable and therefore I can create uh, my life around me and not being pushed around by anybody else. And uh, this kind of freedom and independence and uh, professionalism was something that was really pushing through my bachelor studies in Amsterdam, pushing me through there. Mm. But also the terrible fear of of the alternative that I, that I that I will uh, just not do something meaningful for the rest of my life. That I will just live as every other person, being a bit bitter, being a bit broken, you know, not standing up for what they want, and just slowly dying inside. Mm -hmm which which I, I really, really wanted to avoid. I think I remember, remember you talking sometimes about like that you couldn't imagine going back to Hungary, going back to your old kind of job and yeah. It's, it sounds very harsh and I still think that it's a viable option. I mean, it's a, it is a, a good life in the general terms. Uh, if I would, if I would have to go back to my old business area, area of um, expertise, um, working in an office as an as an account manager, it it is still not not a bad outcome for for a life. But but for me at that point, it's uh, it felt so terrifying for some reason mm -hmm. that uh, it, that it really helped me to push through. Sounds to me like it, it, it was, even though like it had the, you know, you, you would have a, have a decent job, you would get enough money and, and of that you would be relatively respected from society, but you wouldn't have the, you wouldn't um, extract the kind of meaning out of what you were doing, the sense of like passion of really wanting to give your all to your work and, um, find that you were inspiring and helpful to other people. And if the idea that this was something that was missing from that future uh, scenario, and that was when you were thinking about um, being a psychologist and helping people through that. Um, yeah, it was way more intrinsically rewarding. And another interesting aspect to that, I think that if you're a psychologist or a therapist, then you don't, only work with what you've learned. It's not a profession that you read a couple of books and then you then you do it. For example, what you can do with accounting or with the with most of the business 
um, related jobs that basically anybody who is smart enough, who is intelligent and uh, conscientious can put a bit of work into what they are doing. They can, they can do it. It's a matter of, of uh, just learning it as everybody else has, but in psychology, and this is one thing I was missing from the job is that I am useful and I'm helping people with my whole being. So it's not limited to, to my knowledge or not limited to the techniques I, I learned or uh, the, the framework that I created in my job. But every single word I say, every every single question I ask in, in these counseling sessions is coming from me as a person as well. Mm. So I'm not only putting my knowledge, but I'm also putting in my personality, my attitude, my whole being, just me as, as an integrated person. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I was also missing that I felt like I'm playing this role of being a, a consultant. I can play the role because I'm educated or, you know, I, I, can, I learned how to be that kind of person, but it's still not completely me. It's not like a very me. A thin slice of your being in a way. Part, the yeah. other ones needed to be pushed apart. And this part is also very useful and, and entertaining and uh, smart and whatever, but it's still not what is really coming from, from inside me, you know, not only that one. And I think there are very, very, very little amount of jobs that would give you this freedom of being yourself because in one way or another, you always have to, to twist yourself to, to fit the expectations of others. And I, and this is one of, one of the reasons why I, I started to become a therapist to have this kind of freedom of just being myself and being useful and valuable just by giving myself, honestly. Mm. Mm. I think I would like to use it as a, as a bridge to ask you a bit about the, like the social support that you had during the studies, also during the difficult times. Mm -hmm. And and like how I was thinking of bridging it is, how did participating in the in the support group that we um, that we developed and in the personal interactions that we had with people from the group, how did this contribute to you becoming more and more able to allow all aspects of your being to uh, manifest and express themselves in uh, like both in the group but also in relationships outside and in your work. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great bridge and uh, I'm very excited to answer that question actually. <laughs> um, I, can, I can tell it as a kind of a storyline. I think it's more interesting like that. So when I started uh, my bachelor's in the first year, I was, I was really afraid of so many different things. Like I was again alone without money, without friends, without I don't know, without anything that I had in my previous life. And I was just really in my shell and in my own mind, just uh, going through and working my way through to a goal that I wanted to achieve. And I did not really feel good, but I also didn't 
know what is missing. Like there were so many aspects of my life that was that were not going well that I I couldn't identify all of those. And uh, when we started the the support groups, so basically we gathered every week and we and everybody shared his or her experiences of that week or of that moment, and then the other people listened to the feelings and thoughts of this uh, sharer and uh, asked questions, explored that uh, area together with them. It was such an interesting feeling that, oh, actually, there are some people who are interested in <laughs> what I think, like, but not just, you know, not just, not just like with casual talk, but they actually want to listen to what I think and feel. And, um, they are really attentively there for me in those moments. And that was a very uh, game-changing experience. And week by week, I, I started to feel more confident. I started to be more certain about my feelings, my thoughts, my being, because, because every week I had some people who appeared there and then they all confirmed that, yeah, what you're going through is kind of, legit and and um, what aspects were they were there also another you, just to reflect short like um it sounds like you finally felt received and in some way surprised that oh there are actually people that are genuinely interested in interested in meeting me and not just this role that i present but meeting this whole um yeah like everything of me including my emotions my insecurities um weird thoughts that i might be having struggles that i have i was just thinking how to express that but uh, actually this is the case yeah i think you 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 touched upon it very well um and by being able to express all all the parts of my being by being able to express my insecurities and people listening to it and validating these experiences, which um, that experience could also become a part of me. I, I become became more certain, okay, if some people can expect this part of me, expect uh, accept the fearful, the insecure, the unstable, the worried, gergu. Mm-hmm. then maybe it's not such a bad part of me maybe it is also presentable in other relationships maybe i can also show this to other people outside the group and maybe they will also accept it and like it and maybe i will also accept and like these aspects of my personality which is which is in, which is important from the reason from the perspective that once you once I started accepting these troublesome or these these hidden layers of my personality that I was not feeling comfortable to expose to others, um, they started to pressure me less. It, um, do, you, do you get what I mean? Like how I, um, I want to answer that question is described the physical sensation that I got in my body. And it was some kind of... <sighs> sort of like Mm -hmm. a big a deep sigh of Mm -hmm. letting go all these small like pressures and like putting yourself in certain way molding your experience hiding certain aspects and it's like ah they can be there 
and mm-hmm. others yeah. can accept them. Um, which I think is a, is such a beautiful aspect that I also experience both in the in the group and in other um, yeah therapeutic relationships. So I would call them, mm-hmm. um, which can be any relationship in which people genuinely want to help each other, mm-hmm. um, want to receive each other, and it's inter you're internalizing the kinds of interactions that you have in your in your um, relationships. And that, that, that goes in any, in any relationship. So if you are part of a relationship that is very unaccepting um, or judgmental, then you're internalizing this, these judgments into yourself as well. But if you're part of an environment which we try to create of understanding and acceptance, um, receptivity, empathy mm. in, in the group, then these over time become part of you becomes part of how you talk to yourself. Uh, It becomes part of how you talk to others. And it starts to transform your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, um, to become more and more compassionate, more and more accepting and understanding. Mm -hmm. That is also a really important side of it. I do agree with that. But what I uh, was trying to express, brother, is um, having... um, having this this pressure from from those sides of your personality that you don't didn't accept yet, but I, I, maybe I'll give you an example. Yeah, maybe sure. mm, maybe you have a certain, for example, maybe I had the fear of uh, okay of losing my job or not fulfilling my studies or, or failing this new kind of life. And these kind of fears and anxieties were all in me, inside me. And um, every time they appeared, I would just push them down. Like, okay, no, there's no need to fear. We need to, we need to go up front. We need to focus on the goals and we need to focus on the, on the work and action that we do. But if you don't pay attention to these kind of uh, fear, fears and anxieties that are deep down inside your, I don't know, unconscious or your, or your body or your, your mind somehow, then they just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then they get pressuring, pressurizing because you don't pay attention to them. But once I had the opportunity that I expressed this, you. I, I don't I don't know if this was a specific example, but I think it's a good general example. I could express in the group that, hey guys, you know, often I'm really afraid of of just uh, messing up this this new life that I am trying to create. That maybe I will not be enough. Maybe maybe uh, I will have to go back, or I have to give up on it. Or I, I'm, I it turns out that I'm not smart or good enough to to complete what I planned. And then I received the received a lot of attention from you and the, a lot of confirmation that okay that's quite an understandable fear and what what can you do with it like what what it, what does it consist of you guys uh, helped me to explore all these explore this fearful anxious little gerge inside me and by that I could make better friends with the fearful. Uh, side of me I could accept that hey okay I really indeed had these kind of fears and anxieties in me but they didn't affect me 
so strongly afterwards because I paid attention to that part and I did not suppress it anymore. That's what I was going to. I also thought of an analogy maybe of a, of a physical remark or something. Maybe you have terrible skin conditions somewhere and then you're always hiding it. That, you know, maybe you have red spots on your arms or whatever, and then you keep covering it. Oh my God, if people will see this, they will, they will hate me and uh, mm. or they will not accept me or they will make fun of me. And they are just always hiding them, hiding that. And once you uncover your arm for the first time, for people who are really, really acceptant towards it, then you can see that, oh, actually there are at least two or three people who accept my skin condition as it is. So maybe there are yeah. more people outside in the world who would accept me the way I am, even expose, exposing these um, hardships and exposing these negative sides of me. And then it just gives a lot of courage. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really nice analogy. It's um, and and that doesn't mean that doesn't imply that you just need to go walk around naked straight away if like a few people accept you, but it's more um, like I guess showing a little bit more more skin than you normally would and testing yeah. the waters, seeing okay how are people responding to that? Oh, okay, yeah. then that seems to work. And mm -hmm. like I mean, we're talking about like physical, but also emotional and uh, psychological skin. Let's say. Yeah. And then I think what often happens is that it's even the opposite happens of what people are afraid of. So you're afraid, oh, if I show a little bit more of my skin, if I allow myself to be a little bit more vulnerable, people will um, judge me, mm -hmm. distance themselves actively from me. And maybe, um, what do you call it? Like, like abandon me. Mm -hmm. And they will not be able to understand or relate to me. What often happens in, in my experience and also what I hear from other people is they show a little bit of themselves and people get like, ah, now I understand you better. It's like, oh, I am I, grateful for you showing this part of yourself. And mm -hmm. they're more likely to show a little bit more skin themselves as well, mm -hmm. which deepens your, your relationships and you, you need to hide less as well. And um, you need to hide less from others and also from yourself. Like you um, don't have afraid of or so shamed, ashamed of these uh, kind of things anymore and that's I think such an interesting part of being a therapist and psychotherapy to be this one person for the client that is accepting them as they are without any conditions without any remarks mm -hmm. and and by having someone from the client's perspective by having someone in your life the therapist who accepts you as you are, you can gain hope that actually I'm not that wretched. Actually, if, if, if there, is, there seems to be one person who sees me as I am and is not running away from me and is there for me, is listening to me and supporting me, maybe, maybe there are other, others as well in this world and I just have to find them. And I think it's such an interesting concept of therapy to try to model a very well working relationship personal relationship like try to demonstrate how a healthy relationship between two people work mm. and then 
giving the hope to the, to the clients and giving the reassurance to the clients that actually there are people outside who you can relate to on this yeah. level. It's like the possibility that, you know, this is, this is how a relationship can be. And especially mm -hmm. when you haven't experienced that um, at all or to that degree or, or, or have a very few of these relationships, then um, it's, it's very promising. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then also helping you with, um, like then you're trying out a little, little bit, you know, like I think um, like several individuals in, like several um, members of our support group went to bring this kind of attitude to their families, for instance. And like what they often notice there is like, oh, but like, let's say I, like I'm, I'm a somewhat mature communicator now and I feel somewhat confident in most of my life. But then coming back to, to my family, I'm, I'm like a child again. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in, in, I, I fall back into all these old patterns. Um, so, so there's these, these challenges to, to overcome. And then people came back with these experiences, shared these with us. And and was like also exploring, okay, well, what, what, what could you do? What is this, this fear of opening up about? What can you do with the work with this inner child that is still, I know, afraid of, of your parents or has this idea of like, oh no, they are, they are above me. I cannot communicate myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like, yeah, it's like this back and forth between like therapy or support group and rest of life relationships. Yeah. And, and how you test and try that knowledge that you learned in therapy, how you can bring it to, to your other life, to your real life circumstances. And, and often what I found is that enough, often a very big part of that is to, I think, like we have also talked quite a bit about it in our personal counseling, that um, I think often people in general have the tendency to talk about the, the, the content level of what they are, um, what, like, like, like on, on the, how to say, what I'm trying to say is that there's levels that are, you have emotions and feelings about, about emotions and thoughts. Mm -hmm. So you have the thought of like, oh, I cannot, I really cannot express this because I'm afraid um, that this or this will happen. And then people are often thinking about that, like expressing um, that which they're afraid to express. But what's often very helpful is to express mm -hmm the fear about what you're afraid to express. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's something that people generally don't learn, I think. Um, I think I've also only learned it like more recently in the, like through the interactions in the support group and through reading books and... Um, Can you maybe give a, a practical example of that? I, I, I get what you mean, but I think it was really abstract. Yeah. This um, I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason I, I find it, I often find it very hard to bring things back to the more concrete uh, levels. And then when I'm trying to think back of my own life, 
It's like some things come up, but they are not specific memories in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like I was thinking, for instance, that like I'm in, I'm in an open relationship with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, like we have struggled quite a bit with like, like jealousy. Um, or I, I've, I've struggled quite a bit with feeling jealous of hearing that, that she might be meeting other, other people. And then I had a layer above that jealousy. Like that was telling me like, ah, Gus, what, what, what the fuck? Don't be like, like, don't, um, don't make such a big, big deal out of it. Was kind of angry at me for making all these unrealistic fantasies about what would, what would happen if she would meet another person, what it would meet, mean for our relationship. Then I was thinking maybe about talking about that with her. Um, and then I was afraid that she wouldn't take it well or she wouldn't mm-hmm. understand and blah, blah, blah. So she understand your fears of her meeting others, right? Well, that she, that she wouldn't understand my jealousy or that she would maybe like very much in the beginning that I would kind of push her away, that I would be too much, too much claiming in a way. Oh. Um, so I think what I then did instead was expressing like, hey, um, maybe I have some some things on my mind that I'm kind of kind of I feel some some fear regarding expressing that because I'm afraid that um, you will not take it well. Maybe you will get defensive or um, maybe you won't understand me. And then I gave her the opportunity, like I let her know what was currently present in me. Mm-hmm. And you could say, okay, yeah, I see that you're, I hear that you're afraid of, of, of these things and that, um, um, like that, that you're afraid that you won't get your message across. So I will do mm-hmm. my best to pay extra attention to that. Mm-hmm. And you can go as far as, as you feel comfortable in sharing. And then that often really helped me to kind of dive into uh, that deeper level of my experience and often even become aware of that deeper level. Because sometimes these thoughts about expressing that deeper level kind of um, obscure what that deeper level is actually about. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was a need for, for intimacy or reassurance, um, for feeling safe in the relationship. But mm-hmm. I was really unaware of these needs because I was so busy with what would happen if I would express it. Yeah, I get it. Um... What what I'm thinking of uh, hearing these things is that uh, it's so crazy hard sometimes to understand what your experience is about. Like you just have so many of these emotions and they are so interrelated. And like even us, I think, having a very, very hard time um, getting to the bottom of what we feel or how, how we think or what we even want to expressed to another person yeah. and often I encounter situations when I when I see that uh, if I try to communicate this way like putting my best intentions uh, up front uh, I'm giving a real challenge for others to even just to understand me well because people are not used to this kind of thinking People are not used to this kind of communication. Usually, they can, of course, they can learn it if they want. But um, 
for many it's a, it's a, it's a struggle to to go through at least it's it's really unknown or it's really peculiar mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so sometimes i i feel that i'm 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 hindered by by knowing so much of myself because it, it hinders my my ability to connect with people who who cannot take the effort to connect on this level do you get what i mean um i think one, one thing that would help is if you would clarify a little bit what do you mean exactly with this way of communicating like are you mm-hmm. referring to talking about the, the thoughts and emotions you feel about thoughts and emotions or are you talking more about communicating the needs and feelings underlying certain both, thoughts or desires both mm-hmm. of those okay i think uh, in general not many people are used to that um, so what and what is um so if i understand you correctly you have the idea that if people are not used to that then if you communicate yourself kind of as accurately as possible mm. then it causes like them like they are not able to understand you or you feel not understood by them yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah because they are not used to receive receiving these kind of messages and they are not sure what to do with it and uh, no matter how how well i want to do it sometimes i i meet these boundaries but i i don't really want to give a, a real life example of my life now um, yeah. but just i would i was just interested in exploring this on a more abstract level mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i think one one thing there is that um i think it's important that you don't uh, like if you have certain expectations about how the other person will receive your communications then i think that can stand in the way of communicating yourself openly so what i'm hearing you say is that um it's in a way it's 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 some kind of condition i can only communicate myself openly as openly and honestly honestly if i know that the other person will receive my experience in a way that i want them to receive it and i think one issue with that is that it it doesn't meet the other person where they are at and in order for them to to learn if they are willing because i mean their willingness is an a priori condition for them to to learn it but if they are willing then you need to meet them where they are at now so you need to allow them to make mistakes and to maybe not receive you fully and and continue communicating your own experience and then over time i think if they have this willingness they will learn Mm -hmm. and if they don't have don't have this willingness and it's something that is very important for you to have kind of the kind of relationships in which you feel able to openly express yourself and have the other person put some effort into receiving you, mm-hmm. then you need to question, do I want to have this, re- do I want to invest energy in this relationship? Yes or no. 
yeah, it's an it's, it would be an easy way to close it like that or to to have this as a solution. Mm. But it 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 can happen, for example, with family members that you. It's not so easy to say that oh, this person is not listening to me the way I want to, and I don't think that they are making the effort. So I will just not. I will just won't have them in my life anymore. Yeah. Or with the with the, some deep friendships that are built upon different kind of interactions and different kind of uh, connections that are also very valuable as they yeah. are. You, I, I don't feel comfortable closing these kind of uh, mm. relations just because I'm, I'm missing this aspect. Yeah, I think that's a good nuance to what I was saying. That's maybe a too detached way, too abstract way of looking at it. Um, because yeah, like there's real life problems that emerge from that. Um, and 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 I guess what I would say to that is that it's important that you um, like in this relationship. So so there's there's more aspects to it. So if you're saying, for instance. So you have this 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 old maybe older relationship with someone, mm-hmm. uh, like like an old friendship that you developed before you got into this way of communicating. Mm-hmm. So it, there will be like the, the the that kind of dynamic will be quite different than your newer friendships, because your newer friendships only got in touch with the um, well differently communicating gergo, let's say. So well that 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 left its mark on that relationship, but like the old relationships still have other aspects, older parts of you, and I think what's important is that if you feel you have the need to deepen that connection, um, as in or um, if you want to communicate deeper or different layers of your experience to them, and you would like them to receive you, that's one part of your experience. Another part is if you notice that they are maybe not that motivated to do that, is that you you don't want to um, end the relationship because you still value it for for some other aspects. And I think communicating that fully is like it opens like relationships consist of negotiations as well, right? Especially as you change over time. You need to renegotiate how you want your relationship to be like. So if first you were fine in having it not on a, having emotions and needs not being a very big part of the relationship, but at some point that becomes a part, then I think what I would try to do is communicate my emotions, uh, like communicate my desire for um, expressing needs and emotions and tell them that I really appreciate these aspects. So I would like to see if there's some way in which we can move towards each other Mm. and also listen to what are their needs, what are their desires in this relationship. And then you need to find out because there's always two two sides for any relationship. So you need to Mm. find out, okay, can we make this work with the new developments in each of us? Um, and that requires that requires quite some work, I think. 
it does require quite some work. And I also believe that many, many people are not willing to put that kind of work into that. And they, you know, if you, mm, okay, I have to say this. Just quickly responding to that, it's, mm -hmm. um, like you have to determine for yourself how important it is for you. So that if you're in a relationship with someone who is not willing to put in that work, you have to ask yourself, is that a deal breaker in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and if you feel like, oh yeah, I'm putting in that work, but they are not. So you have to ask yourself, okay, how do I feel about it? Am I okay with that? Yes or no? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is it still acceptable for me? Can I still enjoy this relationship? Uh, yeah. This yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, shall we shall we leave the, the topic that, that I think we went really kind of in depth yeah, and like on an abstract level? And, and I also realized that we got into this... Uh, bit of this therapy uh, dynamics that I'm having uh, questions that you are answering and uh, that you give a, a kind of guidance in that mm -hmm. which is nice I enjoy that but I just uh, I just realized that the dynamics changed a, a little bit and I became okay. the person to be helped or assisted or answered to mm. And you became the one that's a guide, that's more like guiding or giving me the answers. Okay. I'm not sure if that's a problem or not, but it, it happens with us quite naturally sometimes. Yeah. I know. I think it's interesting that you're bring, bringing it up because we're basically having some meta communication right now, um, which I identified with Nita also as one of the things we wanted to do in the, um, in the podcast mm -hmm. to kind of model what it is like to work on communication mm -hmm. in a relationship in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that I noticed was that I wanted to ask, oh, and how, how do you feel about <laughs> this change in relationships? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I, I do, in some way I do recognize it. Um, however, I'm not sure if I, I completely understand because, well, personally, I still have the experience like we are exploring some topics together and in some way, I think in our dynamic, you are more likely to raise questions and maybe ask, mm -hmm. but how does that work in practice? And then I'm trying yeah. to wrap my mind around that. And then you're trying to understand that and see how that applies in real life examples or real, li real life relationships. Mm -hmm. So for me, it still feels like we are exploring it together. But um, yeah, I don't want it to feel for you like we are not on one level anymore. I'm to ask how I feel about it um, and it's quite hard to answer. I don't have a very specific negative feeling towards it. I just thought it would be interesting to discuss and to, to raise this as a, as a topic, as an observation that I wanted to share. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I had some ideas that it, the discussion would be more meaningful if we would uh, no, I mean, I know. I wanted to say if we would explore something together, but this is also a way of exploring something to get together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that my, my natural tendencies are 
are really into asking questions and be critical about what what I hear and and, and, and yes and trying to see how it works out in real life. Yeah. And then there my like I said my natural inclination is to go on an intellectual abstract level. Um, okay trying to put together the, the concepts that I kind of worked out or learned about and mm. um, just thinking, okay, if this is a situation, because basically what you're doing, you're sketching a situation for me. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking like, how would that, like you're, you're encouraging me to think about how would that w work out? Kind of maybe what would the theory say about it? What would my experience say about it? And then I'm kind of trying to pick that apart. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, I also know that I can have a tendency to adopt the role of the educator in a way, mm -hmm. um, which is something that, that also somewhat comes up in my, um, in my counseling ses sessions lately. And it's something that I'm, I'm not sure, or I think there's something for me to work on that, um, like in that area, because um, well, like you described it nice, like it, it's felt for you, like the dynamic changes changed, like I was going into the role of the educator and therefore kind of placing you, oh yeah, you, you are the student, you are in need of education. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe guiding me towards certain solutions that are not entirely mine or like, mm. I, I kind of ha had the, the, it was a very slight pressure, but it was indeed a pressure that, okay, this is this is the way I should conduct myself from now because yeah. this is the answer to, to what I'm proposing. And I'm usually I'm appreciating the kind of feedbacks that are not pushing me in any directions, but maybe raising this as a as a opportunity and see if I can apply it to my life. And the yeah. way I think I think it's rather the way how you present these ideas is, you know, just telling me directly that okay, so this happened, so this is the case. If you yeah. experience in your relationships, leave them. And uh, yeah, I think I'm what what one big mistake is that I'm making is that I presuppose that I know the answer, and I know mm. what is best for you, and I know what is best for other people. Mm. There were also going away from the client-centered approach from Rogers that I, in some way, I think I aspire to um, conduct myself more Rogerian, uh, more non-directive and trusting you and other people that uh, like, like, like you can find your own way and it works also best when you find your own way. Mm -hmm. so, so I had the question, like, how, how would you like me to... Um, do you have an idea of what you would like from me differently and how to communicate to you? Right now or in, in our counseling sessions or? Let's, let's keep it for, for right now. Mm -hmm. It's most present. Hmm. Uh, I really appreciated the questions in which I could elaborate on. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, in which I could share my experiences and stories. Mm. But I would not restrict the conversation to, to these kind of dynamics, you asking questions and I'm, I'm sharing my knowledge because your knowledge is also very relevant and interesting. 
from this perspective. But um, what I this education and student role is something I would like to avoid at yeah. least for now. So we, we can see if, we, if you, we can stay on the same level and and just uh, kind of and taking the the ideas and thoughts on. Yeah. Uh, like that. I, I really appreciate you you expressing this. Um, it's it's it's. I think it's something beautiful when something real comes up in this moment that manifests itself right now in our relationship. That um, to say, well, like it 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 really helps me understand you. I think and helps me understand myself and you. In, in a way, you were indicating to me, hey, there are certain parts also in me that I might not be aware of, of a role mm -hmm. that I'm taking on, that for you feels in a way like I'm distancing myself from you somewhat, like feeling somewhat less connected. And yeah. I would like to feel connected to you. So um, well, as Roger puts it, I would like to stay on the level of like, we are learning together. We are both mm -hmm. learners. Um, and I, I do think I learn a lot from you and I, I learn from your questions and learn from the kind of discussions that we have. Um, but I think I could probably learn more from you and you more from me when, um, yeah, I would become more aware of this supposition that I, presupposition that I have the answers. Mm. Um, because in the end, I do believe that or at, at least intellectually, I do believe that, that, that you are the best guide of your own life. But I still have some way to go, I think, before I can experientially um, act that out, mm. or behaviorally act it out most of the time, most of our interactions. It's a really interesting phenomenon. And I also encounter this kind of things in my own counseling with my clients specifically when when they face problems that i also but i feel like i also faced in the past and yeah. i feel like i could overcome those and then my mind immediately jumps there okay i know this problem and this is how i solved it this is what you should do right now and in reality there is just so much more to their stories and there's so much more to their the people they are surrounded with the situational circumstances like mm. errors of emotions and thoughts that we did not discuss yet and as soon as i i see a problem that is familiar to me i'm just dumb i just don't jump on that immediately oh this is how this is what i did with this do this and you'll be happy mm -hmm. and it gives me a kind of a satisfaction a, a really nice rewarding feeling that oh i know the answer i've been to a struggle I, I can show you what to do. So in a way, I think in therapy, we have to work against this kind of quick rewards that our, that our minds are giving us to just, you know, putting a, a cap on that problem immediately. Mm -hmm. how, how do you think, um, how do you think we could do that? Like as, as counselors, but, but I want to, Stress also for for our listeners that like we're having a conversation now, which um, regards our our counseling sessions, but I think it's more general than that. It does apply to 
in some way any relationship that you have with someone, especially intimate relationships. Because mm-hmm. in intimate relationships, like as counselors, we are also just uh just people just like other people who are not in the field of psychology and other people also have this kind of tendency like oh i i've heard this problem before so then placing our experience onto the other experience onto the other person Mm -hmm. which then then we're not able to perceive them anywhere anymore the real Mm -hmm. them we are perceiving an image of us So, so so how do you think we can become more aware of that and um, yet to, to alter our way of, of communicating to them? I think it's tricky because um, one surprising thing I experienced in the past month is that I was uh, facilitating a support group in which I specifically ask the participants not to give any advices to others so not to close off the the problems with with the solutions that they find suitable uh and it turned out that many of them did indeed give uh, some answers some advices and people receiving those answers and advices were very happy for it so then i was a bit confused um, and sometimes it really does feel very good to receive a good advice. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not against advices in, in general, but um, maybe um, also elaborating on, on one's problem and more and understanding the, the client's request and the client's situation your friend situation uh, better would also change your advice a little bit so so the first first point should be getting as much information as possible from from the person asking uh, for help just to make sure that you are Mm. giving right advice and when you feel like you have the right advice you can you can replace giving the advice by just directing the attention of your friend or of your client towards that uh, solution, but maybe asking if this seems like a a viable solution or what what they think about this as a solution or just asking certain parts of the experience that would fit the solution and that, that would confirm that they really indeed need this solution that you would like to recommend. So taking a bit more time in, in understanding them first. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so what came up for me is that before that, even it's like becoming aware of your belief that, oh yeah, I know what's right for you. Taking mm-hmm. a step back for that when you recognize that. So like a, a piece of mindfulness awareness and it's like, probably I don't. <laughs> because i don't have this whole this person that i'm talking to i don't know they're mm-hmm. i'm not part of their current felt sense of their whole experience of being them and i don't have their whole history you know mm-hmm. um, my, my, my my dad once like put this quite nicely that like he, he does things his way um like for instance with like um re how do you call it 
um, well, like in, in working in 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 houses, um, and um, how do you call that? Well, like 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 breaking walls and stuff like that, and like painting walls and like like making the house ready to be rented out, basically. Renovator, renovation. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he's renovating, mm-hmm. and then. But also with maybe like like coding, he's a he's a uh, software programmer. Like he does things his way, but he says he's always very careful in telling people, like advising people to do things as he does it. So also when people come, like oh, how can you do that? Can you maybe teach me something about it, or can you tell me how to how to do it? He is kind of careful to say like, oh yeah, do this and this and this, because he knows that he does things certain ways. But um, he knows that, that when things come up, anomalies, let's say, or unexpected things that he couldn't take into consideration beforehand, he, he can rely on his experience with solving kind of novel little puzzles to deal with that situation in a good way. So, and other people don't have this kind of, maybe have, don't have the skills, don't have the kind of experience, um, are not that um, apt at dealing with uh, novel situations. So um, this way of his wouldn't work well for for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's similar in, in, in therapy that, you know, like I, I've noticed myself, for instance, recommending people to track their habits, to start a morning routine in a certain way, to maybe create a vision and, and all of that because I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about these kind of things mm-hmm. and they've worked, they've worked well, relatively well for me in my experience. But yeah, I think I'm making this mistake of, of projecting like, oh yeah, this, this will also work well for you. Where, but they've, they don't have my history with, for instance, struggling tremendously with, um, with building certain habits, with, um, keep, with planning things, with, um, mm-hmm. How do you say? With um, being true to goals that I set for myself, and like consistency and mm-hmm. uh, struggling with addictions, mm-hmm. like they don't have the same kind of information that I that I gathered and experience that I that I made. So, um, yeah. So so sorry to to get back to your your point. It's a bit elaborate, but so so, so to remind myself of that or yourself of that. And then see like, okay, so I don't know what's the right solution. Let's explore that together. Mm-hmm. And what you said, you could ask certain questions or say like, oh yeah, this came up. What do you think of that? And then you mm-hmm. also allow someone to think like, no, that's not quite it. Or like, yes, but that doesn't take this and this into account. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So it's more like meeting them on, on their level yeah. rather than posing your level on on them. Yeah. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. In also of course in real life it's not so easy to carry out these these things and to pay attention to all these kinds of aspects of communication and and uh, helpful conversations but 
at least that there is a way and there is a general tendency that we could identify. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've also both experienced somewhat, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but that it can be in some way harmful to our relationships to be overly concerned with these kind of communication techniques. Let me speak for myself. And like, I think I've experienced that. I've had it with, with old friends. Um, like, like we're, yeah, we're really, really good, good friends that I know for a very long time. I've had that in my relationship. Um, that like being so busy with like trying to trying really hard to communicate myself authentically and like be reflective and um, um, trying to understand them that in some way um, I become only my counselor self so so that becomes who I am mm. which is I mean yeah you know I'm, I'm doing this a lot so it becomes a big part of me but there are other parts that are um, equally as important even in counseling itself maybe I know being a bit lighter um, making some jokes or uh, talking about some things that are like 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 not diving into any every <laughs> emotion that that comes up every like oh this is a problem I like diving on it um, and, and 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 I have experienced that, that can actually well it can frustrate people around me um, what is frustrating for them? Did you ask? Um, yeah, I did. Um, like, like for instance, my friend uh, Bacanti told me at some or asked me like whether I can turn it off. Can I turn off this kind of counselor therapist mode? I was mm -hmm. like, hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like he was saying, like I was making things overly difficult in a way by. Um, hey, we, we had quite some interesting talks about this that I was um, in trying to understand what he was saying and in some way placing a lot of emphasis on being precise I um, kind of overshot with that so that I didn't make enough use of my maybe intuition and paying attention to the context in which he was saying things and the things that I know of him as a person to make sense of what he was saying. So maybe I was, I was paying too much attention to these kind of placing these techniques and these theories over, um, over our conversations, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So a couple of thoughts came up. And uh, mm, yeah, one is that <laughs> just to go a bit more deeper into this topic, <laughs> not to make it seem like a normal conversation at all. <laughs> so for, you have to also be mindful of what is the goal of the communications right now. So some people just want to communicate to have a good time you know to to enjoy themselves to play around with words to just disclose some topics of interest or even not interest just pure fun of you know engaging with another people and another person on some level 
And then I also noticed myself just coming in right down with the, with the goal of, okay, I want to really understand you in this moment. <laughs> and then it takes away all the fun, it takes away all the spontaneity. And, uh, Which is, is, is so funny, like, because with coming in, I really want to understand you. You don't understand their intention, right? If their intention is to just have have a have, have like a casual conversation, um, it's like yeah, but I really want to dive in there. It's like, well, you don't really understand my needs right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Well, one thing that that came up between me and my uh, me and my girlfriend Mia is that um, like she wanted me to. She sometimes had the idea that I let her her into kind of the the depths of her psyche and unexplored territory without her feeling like she consented to us going there so it was <laughs> that makes two of you or yeah, yeah. To i also did it unintentionally mm -hmm. so um yeah what we agreed on then is is or she asked me if i could um become more aware and conscious of when I had the intention to go somewhere deeper to like understand her and explore something and mm. ask her. So communicate, like, hey, me, I, I think this is an interesting, or I think this is a topic that would be maybe interesting to explore together. Would you be open for that? And with that, I would, um, I think we're practicing, we're doing a bit better in that now. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, I would give her a moment to sit down, reflect, feel into yourself, like, now, actually, I just want to have a nice, cozy evening, maybe cuddle a bit and uh, watch a movie. Or like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's okay. I feel some apprehension and uncomfort uncomfortableness, but yeah, I do want to go, go in that. Mm -hmm. And her part of the bargain was that if she noticed that something became a bit too much for her, to also mm -hmm. communicate that to me instead of shutting off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a good way if you can shut it off. And uh, with respect to that, I, I think it's also important to work on to work to work on the more natural side of our personality that doesn't want to work. <laughs> to mm -hmm. maybe I can express it in another way. So I really do intrinsically enjoy these kind of conversations when we explore these topics to depth and it, it helps me tremendously to understand you or, or another person and just feel more at ease because I know what is going on. But to some extent, it's also work. It's, it's mm -hmm. very meaningful, but, but it, it is work. And I, I also need to have, to have fun and spontaneity and just stupid talk and these yeah. kind of things. But, but sometimes because I'm so intrigued by understanding others and I'm so passionate about these kind of communications, this, this part of me becomes more dominating and I, I, don't, I disregard the more simple, more fun and more spontaneous part of my experience that, that maybe I would even enjoy that better in, in some mm. moment. Is there, is there a way like, like, or what I'm hearing or interpreting is that there is a part of you that judges easy 
play, playful conversation. Going... <laughs> what? We're going into therapy now. <laughs> But I consent. Okay. <laughs> Thank, thanks for, for bringing that to my attention. Um, so, so that there's a part in you that judges the, the playful, like superficial or simple conversations as being less valuable, less meaningful as having these deep explorative therapeutic conversations. So then it's kind of top down, you override like this, um, or you don't even allow the need to have some playful, easy conversations into your awareness because like, oh no, this is, this is meaningful. I need to do this work now. Tell, tell me if I, if, if, if what, what you think of that? Um, I'm not sure if it okay. fits my experience. I think it fits yours. I can imagine that it fits yours. Uh, I think it's a little bit different for me, but I, I can go into that later. I I don't have a, a severe judgment on, on the more fun and spontaneous topics. Okay. Moreover, I would like to have more of that of myself in, in real life. Not to not to get stuck in in the therapist role and not to take everything very seriously. Mm. Okay. So I'm not I'm not judging it. I, I need that, but I I'm so used to uh, these therapeutic conversations sometimes that it's hard to yeah it's hard to to recognize that need for spontaneity. That that part was actually yeah. I think or it's hard to. Uh, act on it. So, so would you say for you it's more habitual? Mm -hmm. My more natural way is nowadays having more structured and more deep conversations about serious topics. Yeah. But, but I do realize that I have a great, great need for just fun and spontaneity and adventure and, mm -hmm. and that, you know, just being, being more in an easy way yeah i'm i'm, I'm curious um because like it, it quite resonates with me i think and i'm curious if that if your experience is similar to mine um like i think because i started to pay a lot of attention like so i read nonviolent communication i read um carl rogers on becoming a person i uh, got interested in trying to become as precise in my speech as possible inspired by Peterson and like was reading a lot on these kind of communication things. And then I was paying a lot of attention over a long period of my life to, or like over the past couple of years to really get good at it and like try to apply it everywhere in a way. So in all my relationships kind of all the time. And then indeed it kind of, what happened to me is that it became habitual and that it became kind of difficult to have the more easy going, playful, less thoughtful and deliberate kinds of conversations because uh, practice make perf makes perfect. Um, but also if you are practicing something so much, it excludes all the other ways of conducting yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you have the option to change between these these two? To to like I kind of have the same question as Nita. Can you turn off the therapist? How how easy is it? Or sorry. Yeah. Um 
Yes, so, so it's still a little bit the same. Like it's, or I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, um, it, it's interesting. I'm thinking of this counseling session that that we had some some weeks ago, where I was, where you was, were, were the counselor, and in some way there was some kind of maybe resistance in me to talk about serious stuff, or. I mean, like, like, would you like, like, you're one of the persons with whom I can have both extremely deep conversations about a lot of different topics and also very silly bullshit conversations for quite a long, mm-hmm. uh, as an extended period of time. And mm-hmm. during the session, I, well, I entered the session with some weird remark about something. You kind of responded to that in a funny way. And then I think we spent well, three quarters of the session talking in that, in that kind of manner. Um, And then towards the end, I still expressed, oh, and actually I have these couple of deep topics also going on, (laughs) but now unfortunately we don't have time to discuss them anymore. This was really annoying to me on some level (laughs) and and also enjoyable to some extent. (laughs) So like, I, yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I, um, I, I do have it sometimes that I have more easygoing um, talks. This was in an inappropriate moment in some way because it was not the kind of set. It was not. I think it was in contrast to the purpose with which we created this um, counseling exchange. Mm. Um, but yeah, like like, like the, the short answer is I don't really know if I am able to to turn it off. Um, I, I do think I am cultivating some awareness about it, and I do think with over time, that also becomes um, well. Like I think it all like this change. These kind of changes always start with becoming aware of yeah um, these tendencies. Okay. Um, and then, like why I said, like I think for me, some part is a bit different than what you shared. Um, or, or what I thought for, for you, like this judgment, mm-hmm. is that, so, so I did a personality test on understandmyself.com some time ago, and um, I scored extremely high on the subdomain um, of openness to experience, um, of, of the intellect subdomain. I scored, I think, like 92 or 90, uh, in, in, yeah, 92nd percentile. Mm-hmm. And well, one of the things that, that indicates is that I'm extremely interested in talking about um, ideas and abstract concepts and exploring uh, how things work, including people. Um, So I think it's also part of my personality that I'm extremely interested. I'm I'm extremely, uh, like your personality is for a big part of what, what pushes you forward, right? what stimulates you, what motivates you. Mm-hmm. And I think so a very big part of what stimulates me and what seems always very interesting and meaningful is to have deep um, conversations, often on an abstract and conceptual level, um, but also on an emotional and uh, like going into emotions, but then like trying to understand that. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the challenges that I have is that um, there's, only a very small percentage of people who are as interested in ideas and having these kind of conversations yeah. as I am. 
so so for instance mia scores uh, like i know like 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 scores a lot less high on this interest than 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 uh, than i like we have other we have other overlaps where we can really meet each other and and talk about things but my need for talking about these things is way higher than hers so um that's something that i need to adapt to um because yeah there's uh well you need to compromise right in especially when you are differing on some personality traits and you need to find a way and operate on the level on, on the area that you overlap on so how do you deal with this do you do you have do you feel like it's you who needs to adapt or would you ask her to try to fulfill this need of yours more so what what i suggested it's it's um, in this understand myself you can also let your partner fill in the test or or i, I bought one for her she filled it in as well and then you can get a relationship report Mm -hmm. so that you see how you each score on each domain, what it implies for you individually and for you as a couple. Mm -hmm. So one suggestion there was that I need to find other relationships that fulfill this kind of need of mine. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for instance, with, with you, I have that, like you have a higher, we overlap more in our interest to have these kind of conversations than, mm -hmm. uh, than Mia Mia. It's not mm -hmm. like I cannot have these kind of conversations with her and, and I definitely do. And on, on the subdomain of openness to experience, which is more surrounded with beauty and a uh, sense of awe and interest in art, um, like there we overlap more closely. So mm -hmm. it's not like we cannot talk about these things. And she's also to some degree interested in ideas, but I need to find, I, I, I cannot be completely dependent on her for fulfilling this need in mine, uh, of mine. Mm -hmm. So it's important that I have other relationships, which I, which I do have, and I have Skype calls with people. And uh, then basically I talk for <laughs> like two or three hours, just, just about these kind of things that we are talking about now. It raises this interesting question. What, what extent of your needs can you expect from your partner? What, expect, what, what extent, to what extent can you expect them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are the what are the needs that you cannot not expect that you that they are so important that you cannot mm -hmm. uh, or even even we can also talk about friendships I think in this way like what are what are your needs for a friendship that that are just mm, serving as as the base like something that you cannot uh, give up. Look, I'm looking for a very. Um, Maybe, what, what are your core values that need to be, or core conditions that need to be met in any relationship? Or maybe you could say in friendships and in romantic relationships. I think they are quite interrelated, uh, but uh, trust, I need to be able to trust the person that uh, and that's an interesting question what what to trust in exactly i want to trust that they are not that they will not harm me intentionally i think that's uh, th that's a bare minimum 
I want to trust that they are telling me the truth, at least to some extent. Uh, to what extent they're capable? Yeah, maybe. But I'm, I'm not even sure if, I think that might be a lot to ask also from a lot of people. Mm. are just not very com comfortable expressing what they think they, what they think is that their truth is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but which raises the question also like we don't need to go into that but what does it mean to be capable of telling like like capable of telling the truth if you're very uncomfortable with doing it well i yeah. can imagine that means also you're less capable of doing it yeah 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 or or if it's not one of your goals to hmm. understand yourself and to try to articulate what you think and feel because i think for many many people it's not their primary goal in their lives like they're i think i'm, I'm talking so judgmentally about uh, people in this podcast i'm realizing that i'm always saying that oh you know most people are like this and this but we are some somewhat better or, or somewhat i don't know have higher goals or but actually that's not the message i want to put through but it's more like uh, i i notice and i realize that for a lot of people it's essential not to always disclose their true selves because that's the way how they can survive mm. in in those situations in in difficult families difficult um job circumstances or 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 friendships uh, so it's it's not in their interest to tell yeah. the truth so 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 would you say even though on the long term, I think it would serve them, probably. Yeah. But uh, but it's a big uh, sacrifice and it's a big big jump to to go from certain uh, life situations. Are, are are you saying that that um, like you're somewhat afraid or you don't want to give the impression to people that you have this idea that our way of um, like what we are pursuing or how we conduct ourselves in life regarding communication and relationship is superior to that of others but that it's we place a different emphasis on mm -hmm. trying to tell the truth in a way uh, like, like, like just on this aspect and that but, but that you don't think that that's better it's just different and that you do have an understanding of um, where in, in, like in a way we have this concept of how people conduct themselves, how they communicate themselves um, makes perfect sense in their frame of reference with yeah. their history, how they were grow, how they how they grew up, what kind of experiences they made. True. Even though I, I have to admit that I think that telling the truth is superior that I think I do think that having these kind of conversations and trying to be yourself authentically is superior to to not doing that. But what I would wanted to emphasize is that uh, I understand that there are certain situations when you cannot do that and when you must not do that mm -hmm. because it's it's just against your your goals and against your interest in in that moment. But I think in general. Um, I'm confident to say that that being who you are and telling what you think and feel is superior to 
they're not doing that. Could, could you uh, unpack the term superior a little bit? Because the image mm. that I, I get from it, I don't think this is necessarily what you mean. Is that like, oh yeah, that makes people who try to do that better than others. But I have to do that what you're more trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is that telling the truth and um, kind of opening yourself up for your whole being in a way, that put it in somewhat spiritual terms, is over the long term leads to a better outcome and better as in more sense of fulfillment, um, feeling like 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 more authentic relationships feeling feeling more connected uh, maybe having the sense that your life is more meaning mm -hmm. and actually just uh, getting your needs met like mm. getting that's on a very practical you... level as well mm -hmm. getting what you want from life more than when you just go around and 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 uh, trying to say things that you think that are in your interest and yeah. I think Peterson has a really, really, really interesting paragraph or whatever, just a couple of lines that he says that you actually don't know what you want. If you, if you think that you know what you want in life, then most probably you're, you're wrong. Because in many times it happens that you think you know what you want and then you, then you try to achieve that goal with, with certain kinds of manipulations and twisting yourself and just keeping the goal in, in front of your eyes and trying to reach it. And then when you get there, you realize that, oh, actually, this is not what I, what I don't feel good. This is actually not what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, and opposed to that, if you try to stay true to yourself and try to tell the truth over the course of your life, you're more likely to end up somewhere which I don't know where it is, but it, mm -hmm. it, I think it, it, it might be and must be better than, than following an idea that, a, a very specific idea that you, that you struggle for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I think that's, that's probably especially true when that idea, that goal that you're struggling for is a very long-term goal because mm -hmm. And if you keep that goal and it, the goal is unchanging, then let's say I have a goal that I know in, in 10 years, I want to um, have built a community um, of authentic living people kind of semi outside of society. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to aim single-mindedly at that. But then what, what do I do with the information that I gather in this 10 years which is like one, while I'm traveling there, I'm making experiences and I'm not updating my, um, my goal with these experiences that I'm making, right? So if I'm too set on reaching that goal, um, it's like maybe I realized that there's a lot of downsides to, um, to, to going there that I had not foreseen beforehand. Because it's very hard to predict the, the future. Not only and in going towards it, but also when when you reach it, you might realize mm -hmm. it, right? And that comes back to the to what we discussed about experiencing actually certain things and then deciding if it's good for you or not. 
or then deciding what parts you actually enjoy and what parts you don't enjoy that you did not think about before. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's exactly like that. Like constantly being self-aware um, about where you are, right? About how the, the about how you are right now um, satisfies you or fulfills your needs. Yeah, like your emotions tell tell you contain a lot of information about the direction that you're taking, right? Like if you have a, if you experience a lot of positive emotions in your your day to day life, then well, well maybe you're moving or you experience a lot of meaning. That well maybe you're moving towards something that you deeply value. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling like I know you have very little energy, you find it hard to get out of bed in 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 the morning, um, your feelings of sadness and a lot of negative thoughts. Well, mm -hmm. if you pay attention to that, it will. I think probably contains some information that maybe what you're aiming at is not what you should be aiming at, or it's not what you want to go, want to move towards. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it down to the practical level. <laughs> uh, I think okay. for, for the listeners, uh, I think it, I, as recently I encountered uh, some situations in, in my life with people who were, uh, for example, pursuing a relationship with someone and having that as a goal that, okay, I want this girl mm. uh, to be my someone, future wife or my girlfriend or whatever. And then my goal is to make this girl my girlfriend or whatever. And on the, on the way there, there are pleasant and unpleasant experiences as well with, mm -hmm. with regard to that relationship. And um, by not expressing all parts of that, by not acting on all parts of that, like maybe you think that, okay, right now I don't feel so good about something, but in order to reach the goal, in order to have the, her as a girlfriend, I need to conduct myself in this way. I need to twist myself a little bit and then you twist yourself a little bit and then you, when you when you're there then you see that okay maybe now 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 this this is what i should do in order to to get her to get this girl and then you you do this for for a month or something and then you, you end up something like this and and that's that's not how you you want to be and then you realize that you might get the girl or might you might not even get the girl because you were not presenting yourself in the first place which is kind of hindering the whole process mm -hmm. but even if you get it then you it, it turns out that you're in this twisted position of your misconceptions that you presented of yourself and you don't really feel happy even you even though you achieved the goal and i think it's so interesting that whatever your experience is i think it's worth attending and it's or express yeah. this i don't i don't know to what extent it's useful to always express everything because i think i'm, I'm a bit uh, over the top with that based on the feedbacks <laughs> but uh, at least minding minding the all kind of emotions and all kind of thoughts you you have in this situation 
and not only focusing on the goal is important. Yeah, so, so you don't necessarily need to act out or express every emotion or feeling that, that you become aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's often like, oh, I, I experience anger. Oh, no, but I don't want to feel it because then I conduct myself, like then I act aggressively towards, towards the person I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. But it's like, or- you, can, you can allow it to be in your experience without necessarily acting out of it. But it still contains some valuable information about how you experience this relationship in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and just admit that, okay, I feel angry now for, for this and this reason. And maybe if I go down this road, I will become more angry and more, more and more angry mm-hmm. on the long And is that what I need? Can I attend this anger somehow? Can I resolve it? What can I, what I do with it? But if you put away the anger and you only focus on yeah, being nice, being very kind, then the, the anger stays. And then you yeah. also don't have any chance of expressing that you're angry about something and the other person will have no idea that you're angry. So in a way, they will interact with a person that is not you. Yeah, that you have some kind of... Yeah, they're interacting with this mask which is not angry and that changes the whole dynamics. They, they don't respond to you as you are, but they respond to someone who you present yourself to be. Yeah. I think, think one, one interesting idea that comes up is that um, every time, I guess it's, it's, it's a sort of advice or suggestion anyway, like anytime that you have the idea that, Oh, I want to, lie about this i have this feeling but i want to press it away because i want something from this person let's say we'll go with your example and i want this girl to be my my girlfriend um what i think is very valuable to do there is at least every now and then is to project that decision into the future and say like okay what if i continually make this kind of decision but of not showing um, a part of myself putting that in the background in order to make her my girlfriend mm-hmm. or to move towards the goal that I value mm-hmm. how does that look like in like a month or in half a year or a year and then it's like okay well if I keep doing that then this site will be complete she will be completely ignorant of this site or at least supposedly, because probably some things come true that you cannot really control. Mm-hmm. But I will always have to act around this part of me, even though this part might be growing. Uh, as, as you said before, like sort of um, what you said before the support group, like the pressuring something down, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts to pressure outwards more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And then you need that to, to do that over a year's time, two years' time, 10 years, year, years' time. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, you're twisted and turned in such messed up positions. Um, And the person that you're interacting with is not interacting with you. They're interacting with this image that you have presented over um, many, many interactions over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So I think that is the, like, what I want to say is that, like, realizing the relevance 
of these little micro decisions that you make on a day-to-day -day basis with the people that you're interacting with and especially with the people that you um, envision yourself being together with for a longer period of time, which can be friendships, family members, um, romantic relationships. It's like you want to be especially mindful of that, I think, in these relationships that are um, of great importance to you. Mm. Because it's such a great effort to try to be someone that you're not. Well, uh, yeah, on, on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, for I think for some people, it's, it's already less of an effort to be someone else than who they are right now because they're so used to it that it's just it's just easier to communicate the, the patterns that they are they were used to mm. throughout the years and and i want to have another point that i want to mention is that i kind of we took uh, a bit of a negative approach in, in this topic so expressing anger expressing sadness expressing frustrations and complications in these relationships but i but it's just as important to express the positive mm -hmm. uh, emotions as well. So I had this talk with a friend of mine a couple of days ago that uh, there are some people and also I am probably, or I was, I think I still am to some extent, that I want to also hide my affection or, or my love out of some kind of fears mm. towards mm. the other person. And... Uh, not expressing the positive sides out of these fears is just as harmful as not expressing the negative sides. Not expressing love and affection is just as harmful as not expressing anger. Because then again, this person is not really communicating with, with you, but, but something that you, but like a, a kind of a mixed mm -hmm. character. Yeah. That, that is that has some parts of you, but, but not entirely you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what comes up in me there is that I, I think that what we are afraid of and like what we are afraid of and act out of the belief that uh, like something bad might happen is very likely to become a reality. And I'm thinking that, um, probably often not expressing love or affection comes from a fear of being hurt afterwards or um, this person not reciprocating the love. Mm -hmm. So if you don't keep it to yourself, well, like, can you expect the other person then to love you while you are holding that love and affection back? Mm -hmm. And I think it increases the likelihood of that what you're trying to prevent that you are hurt because it's not like, oh yeah, I'm not expressing these feelings so I don't have them. Yeah. Mm. So in, yeah, in this way, you're actually working against, against the goal that you, that you have, which is uh, reciprocating, which is the, the exchange of uh, love and positive feelings, affection. Mm -hmm. well in a way you're actually working towards it's like it's a bit of a crooked way like you're working towards a goal that you have but not maybe what you consciously have in mind 
So because I, like I, I like this idea that we exist of a multiplicity of personalities and mm-hmm. all these different parts in us have our own agenda in some way. So part of the agenda is not is, is, is getting in an, into an affectionate and loving relationship. But another part is not getting hurt. So this part, it's like undermining getting into a loving and affectionate relationship. But the reason that it's doing that, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, 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 of being, being, being hurt. Um, but it's like not being in a relationship and um, kind of sabotaging the relationships that, that you might get into also causes you to feel lonely and sad. You know, and also that's also a form of hurt. Of like, ah, another relationship that didn't really work out. Yeah. But in a way, you created that yourself then. Yeah. Mm. There, there, I like this idea. And, and I often do it with my clients. And I also try to do it myself. It's investigating the idea that every single emotion, every single part of us works f- for us, like has... Um, tries to protect some kind of need or fulfill some kind of need or desire. And taking this standpoint for me personally really helps me to become compassionate and understanding towards these different parts in me that are sometimes seem really conflicting and opposite to each other. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of of a good example. Like maybe like with with, the, with recording the podcast, for instance, I can be very, um, in a way, I feel I, I really want to record this, uh, record the podcast and record episodes regularly and it seems really meaningful for to me and I really want to do that. Um, and then there's this part of me that feels afraid that about how I will be judged when others are listening to this or... Um, that I will be delusioned, disillusioned about um, what I think I have to offer to the world. And I think like, oh yeah, these are working against each other because this kind of fear and um, yeah, fear of judgment keeps me from working on the podcast, from reaching out to people and asking, hey, do you want to record a podcast together? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I try to listen to this feeling, then underneath that fear is that I, um, I want to create something meaningful in, in a way. And I want to, um, to say, I, I want the podcast to be, as, I, I want the episodes to be good. And therefore, but that expresses itself in kind of judging myself downwards so that I don't start the podcast because I'm afraid that it will not be good. Mm. But if I go underneath it, like, huh, I wanted to, I want to record something nice. I want to record a good podcast that maybe inspires people. That is a pleasure for me to record. Mm-hmm. That's a pleasure for my guests. And when I'm going on that level, it's like, hey, I noticed that, that you want kind of the same things as this enthusiastic part of me. How can we put our forces together to make it happen? Um, yeah and um, 
I was just wondering if you realize that uh, this judgmental part is uh, also serving you. What did you experience the next step to be? Like how how is it this uh, helping you when you realize that your your actual goal is to have a good podcast? Mm-hmm. What what is it that you gain from it? Um, I think one big thing is that I feel like I understand this part of myself that otherwise I would kind of get into a discussion with. It's like, yeah. no, that's bullshit. You don't need to be afraid of that. Like, ah, just, just try. Yeah. And then it's like, oh yeah, but you think you're so much better. Right. What? Depressing. Yeah. yeah. Pressing it down, fighting against it, not listening to it. So by listening to it and really trying to understand it, which I really, I, I, I literally apply like mediation techniques to try to understand it. So, okay. <laughs> setting these parts in, in a room and okay you can only respond to what this part said when you can voice your understanding of this part and get this part's acknowledgement that you understood it correctly mm-hmm. and this for this part goes the same and then they go back and forth and it's like ah okay we are actually <laughs> not that different you and I <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and then, then so there's more harmony inside of me more self-understanding and then i can use also maybe the um the positive aspects of this judgmental side which is maybe some um well well, maybe some critical evaluation of you know (laughs) it's it is maybe rather unlikely that this will become a podcast that will be listened to by millions (laughs) or that will reach like a lot a lot of people and that is like great from the start, you know? It is something that you need to learn and there's specific things that you can do to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And then I can keep this, then this over-enthusiastic part, which sometimes might be somewhat um, grandiose. It's like, ah, oh, this will be amazing. I have so much energy and blah, blah. I can invest all my time in this. And it's like, yeah, okay, maybe there's, you have a good point. Like there's also other things in life that I want to, um, achieve and I cannot um, invest all my attention in the podcast and I also don't want that but let's see what we can do let's see what is the next step to try to make this well into successful into successful is not like having a lot of people listen to it but successful let's redefine what it means to be successful in this and that's that I have meaningful experiences recording it that I have good conversations with my guests and uh, my co-host Nitai. Um, and that we have the idea that we learn something from it and see it reconceptualized more as a bonus if other people also like it and if other mm-hmm. people feel inspired by what we're doing. So you understand and integrate this part better into your experience and goals and yeah i think that's how i could summarize it yeah i Um, think so yeah um it is a collaboration instead of a a competition or a or a conflict mm -hmm. towards something that you can stand for 
as an integrated, authentic person, incorporating all your motives and parts and, and confusion, confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's like this accepting, it, it helps me to create this accepting space within my being in which every single aspect of my experience can express itself and find a listening and understanding ear. Mm. Which is something I deeply value about well, our counseling sessions and our relationship in general, about our support group. Mm. Um, so yeah, why not also create it in myself? which also helps me to create that for others. Yeah, true, true. I realized that I'm getting a bit tired and uh, it, it's taking me more and more effort to, to listen and to uh, react on, on the level that I want to react. Yeah. So I, I wonder uh, what you think about, uh, shall we continue or, or uh, should I close it? I would feel comfortable closing the, the session soonish. Yeah, I, I was also thinking of that. I think we have, well, we have uh, talked about quite some topics and I like the mm. words a bit and went into depth, uh, deeply explored kind of counseling relationships, communication, um, authenticity, a little bit of your journey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what I would like to do is, is, is close off with maybe one last question for you. And mm -hmm. then with the, well, I would like to invite you back on the show sometime soon and um, maybe go on where we left off exploring your journey um, mm -hmm. into Amsterdam with the support groups, the counseling sessions and uh, mm -hmm. or like the setting up the counseling service, finding your um, how to create your authentic living and career um, mm -hmm. aspects and also yeah. discuss the digital nomad, um, your digital nomad experiences. Mm -hmm. yeah, and authentic entrepreneurship maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. I will be happy to come back, of course. Awesome. I, I really enjoyed, uh, I jo enjoyed our conversation. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice that it gives a different, like this structure of like, oh, we're creating a, a podcast together, kind of like slightly alters the kind of conversation that we have as well. Um, and it's interesting to getting to know you through the lens of an <laughs> inter interviewer in some way. Mm -hmm. I also enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. So I would like to end on a note um, yeah. of maybe in, in, in one sentence, what is the value of listening and being listened to? Maybe what's the, what is the value of creating a space in your life um, where you are listening to others and others are listening to you. Hmm. In, in a very simple uh, way, I would summarize is just uh, being okay with what it is, what there is.
being okay with all with, with you with the people around you with how how life it is in the moment accepting all parts of it examining and being okay with with, with yourself on, on on every domains uh, and also Mm, transferring these people to transferring this feeling and this this way of being to, to others mm -hmm. that because uh, it's one one side of the coin to to be okay completely with yourself but I think it's also really important that the people around you have the same feeling and they they feel the same kind of stability and calmness and support that uh, that you experience through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's how I can summarize it. But I, I notice myself that I'm quite tired and I'm not a master of my words anymore. Yeah, yeah I get it. We have, we, have, we have had a long conversation. Yeah. Um, I think it was a nice, nice summary. I enjoyed uh, hearing you put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, thank you very much for, for being on the show, on the podcast. If our if, if listeners are interested in getting in contact with you for counseling, uh, they can find you on gergu.listens.com. Am I no. saying that right? No, it's, well, if you just type Gergu Listens, that will take you to my Instagram or my Facebook page. And uh, my website is gergustich.com. So that's my okay. full name. But I think Gergu Listens is just something easier to find. And that's yeah. G-E-R-G-O, G-E-R-G-O. Mm. Yeah, on Gergo's in Gergo Listens Instagram account, he um, posts um, well, like little stories of like little posts about psychology and communication topics that you have explored and researched over the past year, one and a half years. Um, mm. And on your website, uh, Gergo Stich, com um, people can find a bit about your approach to counseling and they can um, yeah book a, book a session with you that's also true yeah okay and on our facebook uh, our facebook group we share support groups you can uh, yeah get in contact for, with us for if you're interested in taking part of a support group uh, support groups that we facilitate online um, or if you're interested in learning how to set up your own support group um, or learn about listening and facilitation skills yeah we're looking forward to see you there <laughs> <laughs> sure do okay Gergo, uh thanks a lot and thanks. thanks for the listeners for listening we are very curious to hear what you think of it um, we're happy for any feedback and see you next time with dare to share see you ciao